Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Be in Psalms 91 this morning. I assume most of you know that if you have the notes. Um, I would like to uh, like to try to make the argument this morning of um, thankful isn't what we think it is. You know, uh, if you've been in church any time. You know that Christians are supposed to be thankful. Is that right? I mean, that's a command. That, that's a well-known thought. Everybody knows that we're supposed to be thankful. If you've been in church any time at all, in any kind of church, you know when you go to church, what do we all say? We have a lot to be thankful for. Right? God is good. Um, but is there more to it than that? Is, that? is that really all there is that the Bible teaches? And I would like to try to present this morning that there's, there's much more to being thankful. And um, uh, how many here have ever heard of Elizabeth Elliot? Anybody here ever heard of Elizabeth? Two of you. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, I listened to her for years. Uh, don't get nervous. She's not a preacher. All right. But she was a phenomenal uh, a lady. And if you if you know the story of her and Jim Elliott, just a uh, tremendous, tremendous story. But she for years had a radio program and she used this. Uh, this is her kind of a theme for for many, many years. It's a precious, precious Psalms. It's really, really uh, spoke to my heart this week. And so I would like to try to read. Um, and Josh, if I don't know if you can or not, but I'm going to, uh, your notes say one through uh, four, I'm going to try and read down to 10, uh, just because uh, uh, as I studied, I think it fits in with what we're trying to say this morning. So if you're able, let's stand and honor God's word. Psalm 91, just pay attention how precious this Psalm is, uh, starting with verse number one. <clears throat> He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Well, that's good. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flieth by day, nor of the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall by thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation." There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. You can be seated. <clears throat> what a precious, precious psalm. Just, just so very, very beautiful. And 
Um, we know that it's poetic. We know that it is um, that it is meant to draw a picture for us. But but let's just look at a few things from uh, this psalm. Now it, it speaks of. Um, that, that I will uh, dwell with the Lord, I will lodge with the Lord. That, that is the idea in, in the original language of, of to live there, to, to abide there, to stay there, if you will. That is the idea. And that's what I want to kind of really kind of drive home this morning. Uh, this, this psalm is, is giving us the picture of not going in and coming back out, but of going in and living there of dwelling there, of staying there. And, and it says that if you stay there, things are going to be different. And, and I want us to understand that it says that if you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, we all know that if, if you're under the shadow of something, if I've, if I've got Kari up here and, and my shadow is going to look very big to her, right? And she's going to see this huge shadow there. And, and maybe that shadow doesn't mean a lot except for what it represents. And what does it represent? Something much bigger over top of her, right? And that's the idea here. We're dwelling, we're living, we're staying under God. One of the one of the commentaries I wrote wrote this here, and, and if you guys will have this, I think this is a very precious image. But in the Old Testament, we preached about this a few weeks back. In the Old Testament, there was the tabernacle and there was the temple, and there was the holiest of holies where not anyone was allowed to go but the high priest. But do you realize that we are allowed to dwell in the holy of holies now in a, in a permanent manner, not in a going in and coming out, but staying in the holy of holies under the shadow of God, which just simply means He's all. Over us. If we get that, it is, it is a beautiful picture. And if we look at verse two, it becomes personal. So verse number one is just beautiful. The idea of a place, a secret place, a holy place where we can abide underneath the, the, uh, the, the umbrella, if you will, of the Almighty. But then in verse two, it becomes very personal. I will say, of the Lord. We're gathered here as a church, but how many of you know this is personal? This is personal. If someone else is doing it, that doesn't do you a whole lot of good. You have to say, He is my God. And I will dwell under him. So it becomes very personal. It is, it is I say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. And this is kind of the crux. In him will I trust. In him will I trust. Now, if you really get the big picture, the God of the universe, you were under his shadow. You were in his secret place. You were in his holy of holies. And in him, you're going to trust. If you get the picture that is being drawn here of that place that you can go to and stay there, is there anything you could be afraid of in that place? Are you, are you guys getting that picture? Is there, there's nothing you could be afraid of. There's, there's absolutely nothing that could come upon you. <clears throat> and then in verse four, in, in uh, uh, verse three, it speaks of the, the things that, that, uh, that, that uh, will be protected from. And it says, uh, we will, we will, um, but covered by his feathers and under his wings, thou trustest or thou trust. It's a picture of a of a mother hen, if you will, spreading out her wings over little chicks. 
And Jesus referenced this in, in reference to Jerusalem, uh, but it is the idea of protection uh, because you're underneath uh, something much stronger than you. And that is the picture that we see here. And, and then I, of course, I would love to just uh, preach the whole message on this, but it says, His truth shall be thy shield. Now, guys, listen. We can think a lot of things, we can feel a lot of things, and a lot of things can seem very intimidating to us, but the truth, the God of the universe, is over top of me. What do we have to worry about? Do you see the picture? That I will trust in the truth. I won't trust in my feelings. I won't trust in what I think. I won't trust in what makes sense or what is logical. I will trust in his truth. And the truth is nothing can harm me unless he allows it to. I will trust in him. And it goes on to, to just continue to, to speak of all the things we will be protected from. And maybe we'll touch on that here a little later. And then it, then it comes down. Uh, verse 9 speaks of uh, even though the Most High is thy habitation. It's the place again where you dwell. So, so we see, and in verse 10 it also speaks again of the dwelling there. So you say, what in the world does that have to do with being thankful? And if the Lord will help me, I want to try to show you that what that has to do with being thankful. But I'm trying to drive home the idea here that this is a place where we go. It, it is a, it, 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 can, can, can we have it this way? It is a place where you put your heart and you leave it there. Right, will you guys have that? It is a, it is a place where we, we stay all of the time. That is where our heart is at. It is under the, the wings of the Almighty. It is under His power, under His protection. And so uh, um, I think that is a precious. Let me, let me share this with you before I forget it. Let me, let me uh, uh, in, in verse number four, it speaks about um, un, under the, He shall cover thee with His wings. <clears throat> this is in the Hebrew, and it doesn't really come out real well here in, in the English, but in the Hebrew, uh, um, that, that Hebrew word is, is shaka. It means to shut off or to make inaccessible. Does that make anyone want to just shout? Did you get that? Underneath his wings, nothing can get in. You're shut off. You're not accessible. The devil can do what he wants. He can howl and he can make all kinds of noise and he can threaten and he can, but he cannot do anything because you're shut off from anything God doesn't want to come into your life. That is a that is a, a an amazing amazing thought. So let's let's look at being thankful this morning again. I, I want to try and get us a different thought on being thankful. Everybody here knows we're supposed to be thankful, amen. But I want us to go a little deeper in what being thankful really is. I touched on this just a little bit last week, but <clears throat> uh, last Sunday night. But number one, I got four principles I want to give you. And then I want to try and think about some things that we should be thankful for. But number one. Uh, being thankful reveals how close to God you are. This is very, very important. I have learned this in my own life. Guys, when you're in that secret place, can I, can I say this very plainly? When you're in that secret place, you will be thankful. You will be thankful. You, not with your lips, but with your heart, you will be overflowing with how good God is. Amen? 
It is, it is a, a indication of where your heart is at. And so we go back to this psalm and we see there is a secret place. There is a place that we are to permanently dwell. There is a place that we are in the Holy of Holies. When you are in that place, you will be thankful. Can I say this? You don't have a choice but to be thankful when you're in the Holy of Holies because you're with God. It will make you thankful. Um, Brother Miguel, uh, he's done this actually several times, but last week uh, um, he, he came into my office and, um, and is, my typical question is, how are you doing, Miguel? And, and I'm not making conversation. I really want to know how he's doing. And this is what he said. He said, I'm just overwhelmed. Has anybody ever been there? God's just so good. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know what to say. I, I'm overwhelmed. It's, it's beyond what I can say. I am so thankful. Can I tell you, when you get close to God, that's how you will feel? When you are really where you're supposed to be, you'll just say, ah, I can't even put it into words. He's so good. I'm overwhelmed with how thankful I am. I can't believe how good he is to me. But I have learned in my life, Gary has learned this in his life, Monday morning can come and I can start thinking life stinks. And you know what? I'm not under his wings anymore. I've slipped out from underneath there. We can be here on Sunday. We, we do this a lot at Sandhip. We can be here Sunday and we can say, you know, God is good. And you guys say all the time. We can say we have a lot to be thankful for. And everybody here is in full agreement that we have a lot to be thankful for. Everybody agrees. But then you got to face the week. The picture I'm trying to show you is uh, that this isn't an on and off thing. Your heart will be thankful if you are close to God. You know, there's that scripture, a lot of people really struggle with it. Uh, there's that scripture in the New Testament that it says to be thankful uh, in, in all things. How are you thankful in death? How are you thankful in sickness? How are you thankful when you lose your job? How are you thankful when your kids have problems? Well, that's the time to quit being thankful, right? Not according to the Bible, it's not. Now, it didn't say we had to thank God for that. It says be thankful in all things. You know what that means? If you're close to God, you're going to see reasons to be thankful. Are you guys with me this morning? I'm going to pull Josh here in a second, make you guys stand up and do something stupid, okay? Listen. You guys tune in. I want you guys to get this. This is so very important. Listen, if you're where you're supposed to be, you will be thankful. If you're not being thankful, you better look in the mirror. You're getting away from God. Are you guys getting that? It is that, it is that simple. You say, well, no, this, no, 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 no. If you're close to God, you will be thankful. And when you stop being so thankful, you're getting away from God. And if you think back to this psalm, it's just, it's just a really a good picture of there's a place you're supposed to be. There's a, there's a place you're supposed to dwell. There's a place you're supposed to stay. If you stay there, you will be thankful. And if you just think in your mind, when I start to not be thankful, I've gotten out of this secret place I'm supposed to stay in. Are you guys getting that? So that's the first principle. It reveals how close you are to God. When you focus on God, you will be thankful. When you focus on yourself, you will not be thankful. Listen, that's a very clear principle. All of us, everybody, everybody here have bad days. Can, can, I, can, can everybody, you guys, can you think, we can all say we have bad days. If you focus on yourself, you're not going to be thankful. 
raunchy day at work, it's problems at home, you know, just, just all the different things that we can complain about. And we stop being thankful. You know why? Because you're looking at yourself. If you turn that around and look at God, you'd be thankful again. I, I, I know I'm being repetitive, but I'm trying to get you guys to see there's, there's not a place in the Christian life to not be thankful. We're to be thankful all of the time. As the Bible plainly teaches us that. Now, number two, number two, I'd like for you to see this. Being thankful is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Some of you are going to have a little bit of a problem with this, but I want you to see this. Being thankful has nothing to do with your circumstances. It's not. It has to do with your God. That's what it has to do with, right? Because there are going to be circumstances. You don't get to live this life without bad circumstances. Amen? There's bad circumstances. So you don't get to live this life without bad circumstances. But that has nothing to do with being thankful. Being thankful has to do with God. So it is a heart issue. Do you see God? Because if in your heart you see God, you will be thankful. And again, it is an indication of the heart. So it's not about circumstances. It's, it's not about what you say. Boy, I really want to get this home. I don't, I don't know how to drill, drive this home, you guys, but this has really been on my heart. It's easy to say with your lips, thank you, Jesus. It's easy to say God's good to me. But you know, sometimes that is an emotion that will be gone as soon as you walk out that door. Do you know that? Listen, this is not by your lips. This is by your heart. Because if it's really in your heart and you really are, 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 are consumed by how great God is and how good he is to you, it won't, it won't go away when you go out the door. It won't go away on Monday morning. It won't go away when problems come. It is a heart thing. When your heart is seeing God and you're underneath his wings and you're in that special place and you're in the holiest of holies, that does not go away. It is a heart issue. And it could be an indication, and, I, and this has kind of been the burden of my heart, it could be an indication when you're saying how good God is with your lips, but that quickly goes away, it's an indication of where your heart's at. And, and can we all just admit this? I, 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 don't, I want this to be encouragement. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't want this to be a beating up message, but I do want it to be a revealing message to show you the truth. But can we just all admit, when you're at Sand Hill Church, and all your brothers and sisters here, here, and we're talking about he's never failed me, it's easy to say, thank you, Jesus. I mean, it, it's easy. The emotions are high. You're thinking about it. It's, it's easy. But can I tell you, he is good all of the time. He's good all of the time. And sometimes when he decides to allow your life to fall apart, he's just getting ready to do something really, really good. Can I get an Amen. Hey, sometimes life falls apart. Just be thankful. Just hang on. God getting ready to do something amazing. And I think we would all have to agree to that if we would look back over our lives. We look back over our lives and say, well, that happened. And I thought that was going to be the end of it, but God did something good. Right? So, so what I'm trying to get across is if our heart is in the right place, we will always be thankful. We, we will have the eyes to see God all the time. And if it's just in our lips, it will be, be short-lived, and then it will go away. So, 
It, it reveals how close we are to God. It, it is a heart issue. And, and as we've already said, number three, uh, being thankful is a permanent state. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody believe that? Because all Christians I know say God's good. All Christians I know thank God. All Christians I know thank you, Jesus, for what you did to me. But a lot of Christians I know, that turns around very, very quickly. It turns around very, very quickly. It is a temporary state. Can I tell you what the Bible is talking about and what Psalm 91 is talking about and what really the whole entire Bible talks about? There, it's not a temporary state. It is a permanent state. A permanent state of being thankful. Has anybody here ever known, maybe you, maybe you can think over your life, but has anybody here ever known those crazy people that life got horrible and they were just, thank you, Jesus. Now, there's not very many of them. But but they are the way. Me and Rachel were having a talk. Uh, I wish everybody here knew them, but just uh, just a couple of you uh, knew my grandma. Um, but me and Rachel were talking about kind of a totally different subject. But you know, my grandma was was she didn't really fit into this world very well. But she literally spent her whole, everybody that knew her, whether you were family, whether you were not family, everybody knew my grandma spent her life thinking about other people. I mean, literally, everything she did from the time she got out of bed of the morning till the time she went to bed at night was all about other people. She was serving. She was taking care of them. She was whatever she could do for them. We, we would all be done eating. She hadn't even thought about sitting down and eating. Now, here's how my grandma was. She wasn't thinking, I wish those kids would hurry up and get done eating so I can sit down and eat mine. You know what? She wasn't even thinking about herself. Now, here's the thing, guys. I never heard her complain about her husband. I never heard her complain about her kids. I, my grandma was raised poor. She was born into depression. They were very dirt poor all of her entire life. That had nothing to do with it. She was thankful because she thought about God instead of thinking about herself. And when you think about yourself, it's a guaranteed recipe for misery. And what I'm trying to really get across this, this message this morning, whether I'm doing a good job or not, what I'm trying to get across is we think being thankful is something we do for God. But would you guys ever have it this morning? Being thankful is really good for you. Because if you'll be thankful, you'll be happy. If you'll be thankful, you won't be thinking about yourself. If you'll be thankful, you're going to have a good life. If you're not being thankful, you're going to be miserable all of the time. Now, is there anybody here? Listen, let's just take a second. Let's take our halos off and let's leave God out of it and let's just be real selfish. Is there anybody here like just be happy the rest of your life? Is there anybody here who wants to be miserable the rest of your life? Listen, it's really that simple. You think about God and you're thankful, you will be happy. You start thinking about self and you stop being ungrateful and you will be miserable. It's that simple, guys. And I know I was being a little foolish when I said leave God out and be selfish, but my point is there's something to being thankful. It, it is something that changes us. It makes us different when we're actually thankful. And you can't be truly thankful looking at yourself. <laughs> Could that be why we have so much unthankfulness? Right. 
I honestly don't think, my grandma's dead and gone, and most of you didn't know her, but I honestly don't think it ever crossed her mind she didn't have the right clothes to wear. Never crossed her. If you'd see her house, it was something to behold. I don't think it ever crossed her mind. My house isn't very nice. They did, never had nice vehicles to drive. They never had money to spend. They never had anything. That. They had kids die. They had, they had health problems. They had all kinds of things. But it never crossed their mind to be unthankful. You know why? Because she wasn't looking at herself. She was looking at God. And, and I'm just trying to show you that being thankful is a place that we dwell. It is, it is in a secret place. It is in the dwelling of the Most High. And it will make you thankful. And it is a permanent a state of mind. It is a place you dwell. It is a place you live. Literally in the, in the Hebrew, that, it, that is what, the, what, it, what it spells out. Is it is a place that you abide, that you stay, and that you live there all of the time. If it's on and off, it's not in your heart. Do we understand that, guys? I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I, I don't want this to be discouraging. I just want this to be eye-opening. If your being thankful is on and off, it's not in your heart. It's, it's not in your heart. You come to church and tell us how great Jesus is, and then down through the week, you're, woe is me, and I can't hardly make it. You're, it's not in your heart. It's in your lips. Okay? But when it's in your heart, it's permanent. Number four. This is really, really good. Being thankful drives out sin. Now, if you follow everything that I say, it's, it's a permanent place. We stay in the presence of God. Uh, it, it is a, 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 a issue of the heart, uh, all, all the things we've already said. If you understand that, then being thankful not only makes you happy, but it drives out sin. So just real quickly, and, I, and I'm sure, I think I've got four on here. I, I, we could have put 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever. We, we could have put a whole long, long list on there. But will you guys have it that you can't worry and be thankful at the same time? So you're thankful. You have to set aside being thankful. You have to walk out of the secret place, and you have to start worrying. You guys have that? So... You're either thankful or you're worrying, but you can't be worrying and thankful, and you can't say God's so good, but I'm worried to death. Those two things don't work together, okay? They, they won't work, right? What about complaining? You know, complaining is kind of the Christian by, uh, uh, what is it, uh, pastime thing we do all the time. But you know, the Bible has a lot to say about complaining. King James Version calls it murmuring often, but it has a lot to do about complaining. But here's the thing, guys. There's probably not anybody in here who doesn't complain, well, you guys have it this morning. You can't really truly be thankful and complain at the same time. You can't do those two things. You got to do one or you got to do this. So you got a thankful heart. You're in the presence of God. You got to lay that down, come out of that secret place, come out of underneath his wings and start complaining. And then you'll, okay, I'm done complaining. Now I'm going to go back in there. I'm going to be thankful again. Do you see how that doesn't work? <laughs> Do you guys see how that doesn't work? You don't get to say, okay, I'm going to tell everybody how bad I've got it and how bad my life is and all the bad things. In my life. Now I'm going to go back over here and be thankful to God and, and be underneath his wings. No, no, no. We stay here because that's a state of heart or we're not really being thankful. And when you guys have this this morning, I love you guys, but when you guys have this this morning, if you're complaining and you're doing these sins, if you're doing these things, when you are being thankful, you're probably not really being thankful. Will you guys have that? You're probably not really being thankful. You're saying it with your mouth and maybe with your emotions, but it's not in your heart because it's not an in and out thing. <clears throat> gossip. 
Haven't preached on that in a while. Gossip, finding fault, criticizing, running others down. Can you really be thankful and be running others down at the same time? <laughs> you can't do that. You, you, you have to set off being thankful and go to gossiping and go to running other people down and go to, go to, go to finding fault. Now, just real quickly here, so there's no confusion, let, let, let's just say this. Is there a place for evaluation? Is there a place for the leadership of the church to say, uh, I, I, I think they've got a problem? Sure there is. Does that mean the leaders of the church should go out back and tell everybody in church how bad that person is? No. <laughs> that means there may be something that needs to be addressed, that there may be something that needs to be dealt with, uh, but dealing with it isn't spreading it around everybody else. Dealing with it isn't getting mad and shunning that person. Dealing with it isn't uh, uh, being all upset because something isn't right. Uh, 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 so there is a place to, to see truth, but gossip and running others down and being upset about it is not that place. And I'm just trying to show you, being thankful and finding fault, are on opposite sides. They they're not they don't dwell together. And so we could go on and on. We could go. We could just add many many to this. Let, let me get this here because this is really really good. <clears throat> there are times when my heart is right. I think Renee hung the moon and stars. And how many of you know, those of you that are married, how many of you know that whenever I'm in that state of, I am the blessed, most blessed man in the world, I have Renee for my wife, I will treat her like a queen. Okay? But then I'm going to step out of underneath his wings in that secret place, that rotten, stinking, I can't believe she did that. And then I'm going to treat her like a dog. Does anybody follow me here? You can't be thankful and treat your spouse bad. You can't be thankful and treat your kids bad. You can't be thankful and treat your brother. You can't be thankful and be mean to other people. If you're truly thankful. In other words, when I am seeing what God has given me, I am good to what God has given me. I'm going to be good to my spouse and good to my kids and good to my brothers and sisters and good to my family and good to everybody because I am thankful. So when you are Everybody think of this, this week, when you're mean to your spouse, <laughs> you're not thankful. You're not dwelling underneath his wings. When you're mean to your kids, when you're mean to your brothers and sisters, when you're mean to whoever, you're not being thankful. You've come from underneath his wings. And, and so all of these sins require us to take off thanksgiving in order to do them. And we could put many, many more, and I think you get the idea. But I really want you guys to see Thanksgiving is deeper than just saying God's good to me and then going on living your life. Thanksgiving is changing your life because you realize how good God is. And if you dwell in that secret place, you will realize how good God is. So all of that being said, I think I didn't get to look at the notes, but I think Josh put on there some blank lines for you guys. And I'm just going to run through a few things. I've been thinking all week about how good God is. And, and, and boy, I could stand up here for hours and hours and hours telling you how good God's been. And we could talk about many, many different subjects. But just a few things that really has come to my mind very dear to me. Uh, and maybe while I'm going through these, maybe you can think of some things to jot down. And even if it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm saying, uh, maybe you just can write down as I'm preaching um, some things you're thankful for. Just consider how good God's been. Now, 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 look right here before we get started. If this is a problem for you, do you see how you have a problem? <laughs> he said, Pastor, I really can't think of anything to write down. We have a problem. Okay? 
If you can't think of anything to really be thankful, I've got one thing, I've got two things. You Listen, you ought to have a hundred things and it's, the list still goes on, right? God's been good to us, so there is a problem if you can't think of things to be thankful for. All right, amen? So let's count our blessings. <clears throat> and I've just got a few things here that, that come to my mind, and again, I can make this list much longer, but I've just really been meditating on this all week long, and, and just a few things I want to bring out. But I am thankful for His mercy. When I was a sinner on my way to hell, I needed mercy. And he had plenty of it. But since I've been saved all these years and this week and this morning and this hour and this minute, I need mercy. Now, mercy is not getting what you deserve, right? I've got to say this a couple of times. I got to tell this to Brother John. But I've got to say this a few times, and, and, and I really like this, okay? It is very, very common for, and, and this is a human thing, okay? It's a very human thing, and I've heard many, many people say this. I've heard Christians who've been saved 40 years say this. But it's a very, very common word to say this. I've done wrong. I just don't feel worthy. Anybody ever thought that? I just don't feel worthy. Or I maybe put it another way, I've been so bad, I don't know if he wants me anymore. You know what I got to say? Do you know what makes you worthy? You sinned. It makes you eligible for Jesus. It, 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 we look at it as, well, I did something wrong, he's not going to want anything to do with me. Or I did something wrong, maybe he won't save me. Or I've been such a bad person, he won't save me. Or, or I'm just not good enough to deserve it. Do you know what you have to do to deserve, to uh, be eligible for mercy? You have to sin. When you sin, you become eligible for Jesus. Isn't that good? You guys don't look near as happy as you should. Isn't that good? Listen, whenever you sin, you become a, you become a candidate for his forgiveness. What does he require? That you come to him. When you come to him, he forgives you. Aren't you thankful for his mercy? You know, we say all the time, I'm thankful Lord saved my soul. And I am thankful Lord saved my soul. Amen. I'm thankful Lord saved my soul. But is there anybody in here thankful for his mercy since you've been saved? Anybody here messed up since you've been saved? Anybody here really, really, really messed up since you've been saved? Come on, all of you have. All of you have. Mercy. And if we really understand his Bibles, and as it says there in Psalms, uh, if his truth is our shield, the truth is, the Bible teaches, it does not teach well, if you do too much bad, he won't want anything to do with you anymore. You know what the Bible teaches? It's inexhaustible. You can't exhaust his mercy. That's good news, guys. That's something to be thankful for. The, 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 anything we do, we can come to him and he will, he will have mercy and he will forgive us. And you say, well, what if I sin too much and he won't? You can't. You know, the only thing that he will not forgive is an unrepentant heart. Someone that will not come to him. But when we come to him, there's no sin he can't forgive. Do you guys agree with that? Praise God for his mercy. Where would we be without the mercy of God? I know these are very, very familiar scriptures, and we, and we, maybe we use them so much we don't pay attention. It's like John three sixteen. It, they're so good, but but let's let's really read these like it was the very first time. Would it, wouldn't it be awesome if you'd never heard this before and hear this for the very first time? You just come into Sand Hill, you never heard this before, and we're going to read this for the very first time. This is what it says. This is Jesus talking, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, come to Jesus. All of you that labor and are heavy laden, 
For I am meek and lowly in heart. Oops, I missed that. I'm sorry. Skipped one there. <laughs> Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, Jesus speaking, upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, let, let, me, let, me, just, let me just put that in plain English. You got problems? He's there with solutions. And this is not just referring to problems in life. You messed up, you sinned, you did things. He said, come unto me. You'll find out I'm compassionate, I'm loving, I'm forgiving. Come unto me. If you will come to me, I will forgive you. I, I will help you with your problems. I will, I will love you. You'll find out that, that my, my burden is not heavy, that, my, that, that it is light, and that, that I will help you. <clears throat> John 6, 37 all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I did some studying on this verse this week, and, and if we go into the Greek here, it, it's a little hard to really emphasize it as it should be. Um, but one of, the, one of the ways that this is translated, it, it literally in the Greek it is a double negative, but it would say something more like this. Him that cometh to me, I will never, no, never, no, never, no, never cast out. He is, he is saying it emphatically, anyone who comes to me, I will receive them. Do you guys see this? Who's that talking about? The people who sin, the people who mess up, the people who fail God, the people who are not what they're supposed to be. Anyone who comes to Jesus, he said he will receive them. Think about that. Don't we have this mindset, I've done so much, he won't receive me. I've, I've done so much sin, he won't take me. And Christians have this false belief that I have sinned and Jesus will not accept. But he said, anyone, everyone, all, everybody that's out there, when you come to me, I will not, not receive you. I, I will have open arms to draw you in. And, and, and we don't have time to preach that this morning, but the Bible literally teaches that the heart of Jesus, he longs to forgive you. How many times the devil told you, oh, Jesus doesn't want anything to do with you. He's mad at you. Now you know since going back here, he won't forgive you. And Jesus is with outstretched arms saying, I long for you to come to me so I can forgive you. Guys, that's good news. That, that, that's something to be thankful for. <clears throat> I'm also thankful, this really, really touches my heart, and God help me to do justice to it, but I am thankful for the love that I feel. I've thought about this a lot, guys. The Bible teaches that God is love. So, if God is love, we have to have God to love. Does, does that make sense? Now, I don't want to get into a theological argument, and I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people get mad about this, and, and you can do what you want to with it. There is, there is an emotion called love. And this might offend some of you, but you can love your kids if you are a sinner, and you can love your spouse if you are a sinner. And you can love your dog if you're a sinner, right? But you can't really love without Jesus. You guys have that? 
And people think, well, I love before I... No, you had an emotion. But real love is God. God is love. And I just want to say I'm thankful for what that feeling is. And, and maybe that is uh, mixed in with emotion. But God is love and I feel love. Can, can I say this very, very plainly? I, I hope everybody here believes this, but this is from the bottom of my heart. God, knowing my heart, strike me dead right now. From the bottom of my heart, I love all you guys. I mean, I really, really love all you guys. I, I, I mean, there's nobody here that I'm not just crazy about. Now, here's what I know. That's God. That's not me. But can I tell you, I don't see people with problems and people messed up and people who don't listen and people who are a a hindrance to me. I love you guys. I love all of you guys. From the very depths of my heart, I love you guys. Can I just say, it's a really good feeling. You should try it. It's a really good feeling. Not one person in this church, not, not one single person in this church, I do not love. And I'm not talking about I love them, but I can't stand them. I'm talking about I love everybody and I really like you guys. Because God's given me a heart to love you guys. I love the ministry. <laughs> I, I love the ministry, guys. I, I love having to spend hours studying. I love having to deal with your problems. I love getting phone calls that I can share with your problems with your life. I, I love all of the hours this church consumes of my life. I love doing ministry. Can I tell you, I could not love it without God. It is love that God gives me. And I had to have the thought this week. I probably should leave this part out, but why is it so many pastors hate being pastors? You know, if you get online, you'll find out that almost every pastor absolutely hates being a pastor. Can't stand their people, can't stand the church, can't stand the work, and it's just miserable. I got to do it because I'm called, but I hate this doing this. A lot of pastors say, I just, as soon as I can, I'm getting out of this and I'm not pastor anymore. Have you guys ever heard that? That's a very, very common thing. And of all, a lot of my friends, it is, this is the worst thing I've ever done. I can't wait till it's over. But you know what's missing? Love. Can I just tell you guys, I'd just be real straightforward. If I didn't love you guys, I wouldn't be here. It's way too much trouble. <laughs> It's way too much trouble. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't sacrifice the things I do. But I love you guys, and I don't look at it as a sacrifice. I look at it as a blessing because I love you guys. And listen, you cannot do ministry without love. So I am thankful for love. And I'm thankful for the way it makes me feel. I'm thankful for love. for Melissa, Melissa's uh, testimony just precious. Saw people not living right, and it touched her heart. Can I tell you, we could use a little bit more of that. We need love for sinners. And we've been trying to preach this and promote this, but look, you don't get to look at people who are, whose lives are all messed up and they're sinners and think, that rotten scoundrel, they probably deserve it. No, no. No, no. We love them. We love, are you guys with me? We love them. We want them saved. We want them in our church. I am thankful for loving the hurting. It's a little hard to describe this exactly, but um, 
If if my grandkids have a problem, if they if they have a health problem, or they have something, does it does you guys relate to me that how that tugs on your heart? You guys know what I'm talking about. Your, your grandkids got to have something done or something's wrong with them, and, and and it tugs on your heart. Can I tell you that's how it is with me when you guys have a problem? It tugs on my heart. I'm just trying to show you, love is a gift. Love is something that makes life worth living. Love is something that without it, life isn't worth living. And a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to love because I might get hurt. And I realize in the state you guys have got me, and I am wide open. I am loving you guys, and I am vulnerable that any time one of you can rip my heart out. But can I tell you, I don't want to live a life without love. It's not worth living. I would rather put my feelings out there and get hurt than to live a life closed off and not feel love. Because love is what makes life worth living. So I'm thankful for love. I'm thankful for mercy. I'm thankful for love. I'm also thankful for the Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you what I mean by the Holy Spirit. This is very precious to me, and I'll try to make this quick. So I am preaching. I'm not a very good speaker. I don't always say things right. I sometimes twist my words, use the wrong words. Uh, you know, I was telling Renee yesterday, uh, this is very sinful of me. I, I know this is wrong. I know this is sinful, but I, I do it anyway. But for years and years, years, I was the only person who ever talked in this church, right? And no one else ever did. And now, you know, Renee gets up here sometimes and some of you other sisters talk and they do the podcast and, and the other preachers and everything. And I sit back and I think, man, I'm glad to see them mess up. I'm, I'm glad to see them say the wrong words. What I mean is, whenever, whenever I, I don't have the ability to get up here and be perfect and always say things right, and, and, and I know that's wrong of me, just a little bit joke, but I, I know that that's wrong of me. But, but my point is, none of us are perfect. So if you're going to be behind this pulpit, if you're going to be doing a podcast, you're, gonna be, you're probably going to say something that's not exactly the way you meant it. And I've had so many times that I have preached something and someone's got it twisted around and didn't take it the wrong way and it was not what it was supposed to be. And there's been hard feelings. And here's, here's what I've learned. Many times I've went behind closed doors and had meetings for hours and hours and hours and they would leave mad at me and I would try to straighten it out and I couldn't get straight out. But here's what I've learned, guys. The Holy Spirit fixes it. There's a whole bunch of you here who's really had some problems with me. You're still here. I mean, the devil tells me you'll never see them again. They're gone. Next thing you know, you're coming right back in here. You know why that is? The Holy Spirit fixes things. We've had confusions and hurt feelings and, and all kinds of different things. And I preached something, didn't say it. All the different things happen. But as I look back over my ministry this week, I've really done a lot of looking at how good God's been to us. The Holy Spirit so many times has untangled that rat's mess and put it back together. And here's what I found out as a pastor. When I was young, I used to think my job is to set you down and tell, explain it to you till you see it my way. You know what I figured out now? I can't do that. I can't do that. But you know what I say? Lord, you're just going to have to fix this. And you know what? He does. He does. He fixes it. He straightens it out. And, and so I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that, that changes uh, us and, and, and gives us what we need. <clears throat> Real quickly, just a few couple more. I'm thankful for the unity that we have. It is a miracle that we all get along. We now have people from all different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different uh, way you were raised, uh, different circumstances in life now, uh, young, old, rich, poor, all, all over the place, educated, not educated. We have everything in this congregation, all these different things, and we get along. How is that possible? That is a miracle, guys, and I'm thankful for it. We get along. We love each other. We want to be together. We work together. We spend time together. We want to be involved. Praise God for the unity of the church. I'm thankful for hope. 
You know, in a day and age we live in, if you watch, if you listen to the news, which you really shouldn't listen to the news, but if you listen to the news, um, <clears throat> you know, you just feel like taking a gun and blowing your head off, right? That, that's what you really get from listening to the news, right? But here's the thing, guys. Is there anything can happen in this country that God can't bless? God can take care of us. What I'm saying is we ought to have hope. I don't lay my head down and say, I hope Washington makes the right decisions. I don't, I don't lay my head down and say, I hope the right party gets my, gets their way. I don't lay my head down and say, I hope the governor does it. You know what I, and I don't say, I hope the economy. You know what I say? I trust God. If the economy tanks, I've got God. If they take our freedom away, I've got God. Whatever they do, if we're a third world country, I've got God. Here's another thing, guys. <clears throat> If they take our freedom away and our economy tanks and we have a third world country, God's going to be able to really show himself because he's a big God. And Joshman teaches in Sunday school, but if we, none of us had a car, none of us had decent clothes, and none of us had a house, and we couldn't go to church, and we didn't have freedom, I imagine him, we'd be saying, I need God. <laughs> so I think maybe he should take all that stuff away from us. Real, real quick, real, real, real quick. I, I got to tell a joke. I got to tell a joke. This is, I just got to tell this joke, okay? Let me, let me tell a joke and I'll go back to preaching. But this is, this is really good. So this, this, this guy comes to the pastor. This is an Adrian Rogers joke. This guy comes to the pastor and he says, Pastor, he says, you know, I hear you preaching about tithing and that's all fine and dandy. He said, but I make so much money. He said, I couldn't possibly tithe. He said, because it's crazy what 10% would be of my income. And Pastor Rogers said, come here, brother. Come here, come here. Come here. He said, let me put my arm around you. He said, let me pray. Let's just pray that God will reduce your wages till you can be able to tithe. I'll pray he takes all your money away till you're down where you're on the level where you tithe. He said, no, 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 Pastor. Don't pray that. Don't pray that. See, that's, that's what we are a lot of times. We're so blessed, we can't do what God says, right? But I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the hope that no matter what happens, wasn't that a good joke? Wasn't, I am thankful for the hope that no matter what happens, God is good. Let me just give you this last thing. I stole this from the girls just a little bit, Renee and Chrissy, but I'm allowed to steal, so. <clears throat> I am thankful for the thankful. If you are thankful, you will be generous. If you are thankful, you will serve. If you are thankful, you'll love others. If you're thankful, you'll be what you're supposed to be. And so if we can boil it all down. If you're not what you're supposed to be, there's probably an issue with your being thankful. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.